Same song, same DeMarco Farr, but I am not Miles Simmons. <laughs> no, you're J.B. Long. Miles Simmons is right. off to the Las Vegas Review Journal. Congratulations, Miles. He'll be covering the Raiders. Already is, in fact, splitting his time between covering Antonio Brown's feet and AB's helmets. How stupid. How, how dumb is that whole story? Well, not stupid of Miles to go no, take no. a wonderful Good opportunity. For Miles. Stupid is that story. But that's what he My landed God. on wow. to begin his tenure. Uh, we look forward to the uh, reunion Super Bowl podcast with Miles Simmons here in a couple months. Super Bowl? Yeah. You mean the Raiders are going to make it? Rams Raiders, and we'll have him back on then. That, okay. Th- that'll be fun. Uh, that's <laughs> the extent of what I know about uh, Between the Horns, yeah. and uh, we'll just go from there. And, DeMarco, you course correct me. No, fun. I mean, look, a lot of people have asked, are, are we coming back? Are we doing another Between the Horns? It's been, what, three weeks? We did the last one in camp. Yeah, it's at, in Irvine. Yeah, a lot has gone down. I mean, it's football. I mean, you have to move on. Teams change. You said it, um, mm-hmm. and that's just the way it goes. So let's just jump into it, man. I mean, you're you're two games in to the preseason now. You're zero and two. We're getting good looks uh, yeah. from a lot of young guys, two and threes, some some depth guys. I think if you're like me, and I think you are, you already have your fifty three man roster. There, with few exceptions, right? There's some battles going on, but. I, I like the way Sean McVay, I like the way this team approaches preseason. You protect your starters, so to speak, and you get a lot of work for a lot of young guys. Would you agree? I would, and you're halfway there, and it's strange to think that uh, in about a week's time, you're going to largely know, they're going to know, what that 53-man and even 46-man roster looks like. Yeah. So coming up on on this edition, we can obviously talk about whatever DeMarco has on his mind, but I kind of jotted down, let's explore the Rams' 53-man roster decisions on the bubble, who's in, who's out. Uh, with basically some in-practice scrimmages and then one more full-speed preseason game to be had. But let's face it, by next Thursday, if you're on the field, chances are the decision's probably already been made Yeah, in and, Houston. And that that's the thing. Some guys I thought, especially in the fourth quarter, like Dakota Allen is a guy that you may, you may have had thoughts coming out of Oakland, right? And mm-hmm. then how he played in Hawaii. In the fourth quarter, I thought he was the best player. Now, Micah Kaiser is out. There is a job open, or at least people are going to have to move up a step. So... He would be a guy I would say, take a second or third look at. Yeah, You know, defensive tackle-wise, same thing. I thought Boogie Roberts played pretty well when he wasn't making mistakes or doing bonehead things. But when he really did go after the passer or get into pass rush moves, he was really, really impressive. So another guy you might have written off that you might have to give a second or third look to. So that's what preseason is all about, you know, changing opinions, solidifying opinions. Um, I, I still think we have a long way to go, but... You know, certain guys are still hanging in there, fighting for a roster spot. All right, so 53-man roster considerations, plus why Aaron Donald thinks this defense should be elite in 2019, and looking back on why maybe it wasn't a year ago. Uh, Plus, which fan base more concerned with their quarterback after a tough week, Arizona or San Francisco? Plus, if we have time, a quick word on the Broncos, who the Rams face this Saturday at the Coliseum. But, DeMarco, if it's okay with you, I want to start with that injury to Micah Kaiser that you referenced because I think it opens up the conversation. Uh, this is, to my eye, the last starting role to be resolved on either side of the football. You could argue no's with Sebastian Joseph Day and Gaines, but I think we see how that's shaping up, and both are going to be a part of the roster. Um, so if I can ask you just to lay out, what is the Mike linebacker in this defense, and in what situations would Kaiser have been on the field this season? Funny question. Um, it's a 3-4 defense, right? Wade Phillips loves a 3-4. Um that inside linebacker, in my opinion, is basically your fourth defensive lineman just backed up, 
that's his role in the defense. He is basically a run thug, a guy that's taking on blocks, getting off blocks, making tackles on running backs, and then uh, when need be, drop back in, dropping back into coverage. That's just part of the job. Uh, but he's got to be tough. He's got to be physical. And if not, you've got to be fast as hell. Mm-hmm. That's why Mark Barron was effective at that role. Uh, he can just outrun you to, let's say, the perimeter. But when they did run at him, when they did get guys in his face, struggled. That's just the, a product of being a light-in-the-pants type guy. Micah Kaiser was a little bit different, a little bit shorter, but a lot more compact and a lot more explosive. So he was more in the traditional role of a 3-4 inside linebacker. So uh, we saw it. I mean, I saw it when it happened during the game. I saw him reach for a shoulder. I thought it might might have been a shoulder, and then he kept trying to get some blood going in that arm. Something was wrong, and then we saw him walk up the tunnel. So uh, it's a shame that it happened, but that's what happens in ball, man. Mm-hmm. He's down, next guy up now. So Mark Barron played about 57% of defensive snaps last year, if that's kind of the, the name that they're trying to replace, if not the role specifically. Would it be fair to conclude that I think that replacement, whether it was Micah or Bryce Hager or whomever, was probably going to play less on defense in terms of snaps and downs oh, yeah. than Mark Barron did? Especially in this defense, the way we think it's going to go. Now, anything could happen, we don't know. Wade Phillips could throw us all a curveball, but it's going to be a lot of three-safety looks, yep. right? Uh, we we see a lot with uh, with Taylor Rapp in the box. Those safeties have, have been in the box, and I think that's all the rage. But at some point, you're going to have to start the game or it's going to be third and short or fourth and short. You're going to have to have, have that inside linebacker. So you'd like it to be a little more physical than a Mark Barron, right? So you can actually stop guys on a fourth and one, third and one. But, you know, if not, you can get by with running those guys through gaps. You've seen that before and put all the onus on the bigs up front to hold people up. I'm fine with that as well, too. So a couple of thoughts. One, I, I was a bit concerned that Micah Kaiser, despite the offseason program, hadn't fully solidified that job yet. Yeah. That Bryce Hager was still in the mix. And I, I get it. That role has to be earned, not just given uh, because you were a draft pick. Uh, but I also am with you in that I think the response, the solution to replacing a projected inside linebacker starter is not just next man up in the in the general sense that it would be. I, mm-hmm. I think there will be creative solutions, and that includes maybe opening the door to even more safeties playing in the box to replace him. Oh, no doubt. But there's there's got to be that inside guy. There's got to be that sure. that that strength, that that oomph, that physicality. So, I mean, remember Clay Matthews is on this team. He was a name I had there yeah, too, and he's played inside before. So. Perfectly fine sliding over, just like Green Bay used him. I loved it when he said, I'm used, or I'm going to be used the same way Green Bay did. Great. That means you're going to have to play in some inside, too. Uh, there's some other guys that I like in that spot. And this was brought up a few weeks ago, and it's not so far-fetched. Samson Ebocom, if there's a role needed, hey, why don't you stand in here just for first and second down and play the run, be physical. Natrez Patrick, a guy we both like, can slide over. I think he played inside at Georgia can play that spot. So if it's going to be a part-time situation, a part-time starter, mm-hmm. you can fill that in with a few guys if your roster holds. I, I took a quick glance at the early schedule just to get a sense of which of these teams are like downhill, utilize a fullback running team. And, and you don't see San Francisco, you don't see Seattle until down your schedule a little bit. Panthers, no fullback. Saints, a fullback less than 20% of the time. Browns, no fullback. Bucks, no fullback. Now, that's not the only situation in which your Mike yeah. linebacker is on the field, but I'm just saying there is a little bit of wiggle room, it looks like, on this schedule to get it figured out how you're going to attack 
right uh, more spread out maybe less downhill running offenses but if they do slide that extra tight end or that fullback that's masquerading in an 80 number right into the backfield and you've got to have somebody to take on those whams you know I, I think safeties can do it we saw Mark Barron do it but you know when these guys get you know engulfed at the point of attack there's just no way out mm-hmm. if a guard gets to you and you're a safety there's no way to go so if you need a bigger guy, I'd like a bigger guy to fill that role, if if if, if you will. Sure. I mean, yeah. you need to have it. I just get the sense, my hunch, is that they're more inclined to go small, quote-unquote go yeah. small, play extra safeties, play hybrid-type linebackers, essentially daring teams to run at them. Can, oh can, you, can you get four to five yards per carry over the course of an entire game without turning it over? Uh, if so, and if yeah. you, then you'll keep our offense off the field. You might have a chance. If not, we're going to be past you. Then Eric Henderson, the D-line coach, is really going to earn his money mm. because these bigs and Sebastian Joseph Day, Greg Gaines, who I think is he's really coming along. When, I said this on the pregame show. Once he gets his mitts on you, you go backwards, you know, against your will. He's just that big, that strong, and he's got some quicks to him. So they're going to if you're going to go small 70% of the time, then those bigs in front of you have got to do their job. Yeah. You've really got to control grass. So despite losing Micah Kaiser for an uncertain amount of time, but it's going to be significant, and despite losing Justin Lawler, those are two projected 53-man roster spots that you no longer have. Despite being down two, I still think the bubble decisions are going to be quite a chore here, and, and my mind is, is never perfect, but like I don't recall in the first two years of the Sean McVay era having this much consternation about losing a training camp player to the waiver wire, if that makes sense. This feels like the deepest and most talented training camp bubble that yeah. I've experienced. Am I wrong? I'm with you, especially with these corners and safeties. And, you know, Hard Knocks, I don't know how you feel about Hard Knocks. Necessary evil, it's fun, you still watch it. It's hit or miss. Hit or miss. I didn't particularly like the Rams season. Okay, fair enough. I think I jumped off the bandwagon a while ago, but I get it. It's, it's out there and you have to do it if you're chosen, but... I would love to be in the room when, and this is just a big hypothetical. Let's just take one of the safeties, and I don't want to foreshadow who it might be, but can you imagine telling these guys that you didn't do enough to make this team? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we just can't keep you. And if that player asks why, you better have a good damn reason because these guys have all played their butt off. Some guys make it easy. You know, you keep making mistakes, pre-snap penalties, or you blow assignments and they just can't trust you. That's an easy cut. But the guy that does everything right and is doing it as well as the guys you consider starters, Mm -hmm. that's a hard cut. That's what I want to hear. You know what I mean? And I told you this about Dick Vermeil. Dick Vermeil was cool with with his players. Uh, He even brought in a guy that he cut when we played Philadelphia before we won the Super Bowl that year. He brought in a guy that he cut in training camp. And he always said this, if you can play and I can't keep you, I'll make sure I find you a job somewhere. Right. And for the most part, he was true to his word. And I think some listeners might say, well, the Rams practice squad is going to be awesome this year. And, and I do think they will be able to formulate a nice practice squad, but I'm not a fallback on the practice squad guy for a couple of reasons. One, I think some of the names that we're about to talk about are going to find other work. Oh, Right away. Some guys, when they hit practice squad, they're gone. And, yeah. and then secondly, your practice squad is everyone's practice squad. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to have them running your scout team and being familiar with who you are and being able to continue to, to coach them up. Yeah. But they're a phone call away from being a Pittsburgh Steeler or a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. On the roster. Right. Yeah. Um, so just being unrealistic and greedy, I jotted down 13 names that I would feel badly about no longer seeing in horns. And you yeah. already mentioned another one, Boogie, who I did not have on this list. So you may even want to go Dude. further. But I'll give you linebacker, corner, no, safety, and running back. It was a it was a rookie that he was killing, Boogie. 
But man, did in he Hawaii. look good. In Hawaii. Yeah. But man, did he look good. Yeah. Go but ahead. Some sorry. of the roles that you've talked about so far, of course, linebacker. And there I've got Oboe, Natrez Patrick, Dakota Allen, Trevon Young, Traven Howard, Landis Durham with two sacks already this preseason, and Josh Carraway. Corner, Darius Williams, Kevin Peterson, Dante Dion have all flashed. Safety, Stephen Parker, and a player you drafted to be a special teams ace, Nick Scott, and running back, John Kelly. That's 13, and you may want to layer in a 14th and boogie. Of that group, I think there are only maybe seven roster spots. I think that's fair. And maybe just one active game day spot. I think that's fair, too. Um, for some guys, wow, it's, it's, it's obvious I'd like to see you with the starting unit. And what I mean, like Natrez Patrick, yeah, how I would do you love fit to see starters you, around you. I would love to see you rotate in when the big guys are in, when Aaron Donald is actually out there. Let me see, and let me see what, you against a top flight offense to see if it translates against as well. their starters, too. against their starters. But yeah. against what we've seen, my goodness, he's been the most physical guy out there outside of the new and improved Dakota Allen. Yeah, I think what's also at the crux of this, Demarco, is if you're this loaded as we feel the Rams are internally. Do you have the luxury of devoting two roster spots on your active 46 to special teamers? And what I mean by that is JoJo Natson right now is a devoted special teamer. Yes, he caught a right. touchdown, but like on game day, he's not going to get a receiver rep unless it's one of those sprint yeah. end around. Can I say something about you? Did you see that touchdown reception? Uh -huh. Did you see where he caught it? His toes were like on the one inch line, yeah. right? I think I called it a yard deep in the end zone. It may have been four inches deep. Portals in knocked him into the end zone <laughs> with the pass. That was a, I, I, I watched that like four times laughing my butt off. Mm -hmm. Like he drove him into the end zone with the football. Right. Wow. That's funny. Yeah. But my, my question is essentially if you have 46 up on game day, yeah. you've got your three specialists plus a kick returner and maybe Scott as like a, a Slater type role. Like, right. Are you going to have five out of your 46 basically – Filling one role. If any team can do it, it's this team. Now, yeah. you have to be as fortunate and good and lucky as you were a season ago. When you, How many offensive players actually played? Like 27? Like the lowest in the league. It was the same guys every week. I, you can do that if you're that lucky. But, yeah. I mean, I think we're thinking of depth now. So, it well, would be on, hard to. But, and on the front end, yeah. it's going to cost you someone like Kevin Peterson or Darius Williams or Obo Karankwo. Right. I mean. If, this, if any team can do it, it would be this team or at least last year's version of it. Yeah. But uh, it would be hard. I think it bears mentioning here, though, if you're agonizing over members 51, 52, 53 on your roster, that's a pretty good sign. That's a nice yeah. place to be, isn't it? You're Belichick. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm dead serious. This is what they do. This is what the good teams do. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, I heard something. It's funny, and I, I won't mention his name, but I said it on the way out. I saw him. We crossed paths as I was going to the bus after the game. And I said, wow, you've got a decision to make at corner. And he stopped, thought about it, spun around and said, you don't cut corners. And he kept walking. Mm -hmm. Makes sense, right? And I agree with him. Um, as many corners as I can keep, the better. If they're all good, great. Find a way to keep them all. So if it costs me a specialist, then so be it. I'll figure out how to return kicks and punts. You raise a good point because I, I think you would – envision all these decisions being made in a vacuum like is this individual good enough to be on our roster yes keep him no let him hit the waiver wire but I also think you need to self-insure and what I mean by that is if there are positions like inside linebacker where you're uncertain which direction you'll ultimately be going it might be worth keeping an extra body there if you're aging at a certain position like you might be say with Weddle at safety with Talib at corner you might keep an extra body there right. 
not only just in case this year, but also planning for your future. And I think some of those kind of peripheral influences have to play into the decision, don't you? Well, it does. And I think it goes back to the start of this conversation about being multiple on defense and going small and watching how guys have been trained, watching how the defensive line goes about their work and what they're being asked to do. And then you don't see it as much in preseason because Mm -hmm. you don't want to tell your hand. So there are many ways to cover up being light in the pants at linebacker. And the Rams have been doing that for, what, two and a half seasons now? So they're they're comfortable going there. So if you don't need if you don't feel like you need to keep as many linebackers if you want to go heavy at safety because that's the way you're going, mm-hmm. great. The safety depth on this team is good. And like you said, like he said, without I would never want to give up good corners. If they can play for me, and you know, didn't we go through a time when you lost both of your starters mm-hmm. and you were filling in? I want to keep as many corners as possible, especially in this league. I, I know we can't or won't delve too deep into this, but I'll just mention it in passing. If you have positions of strength, those are also positions you might be able to trade from. This is and, true. And it's, yeah. it's tough to get things like that done this time of year when every general manager in front office is waiting to see what rosters get trimmed. And so that may be the default position. But, no doubt. But who knows? I mean, I don't think either of us would be shocked if a trade was cobbled together here in the next, say, eight days. Oh, especially if guys keep getting hurt, and that's just the way it goes. Um, Funny, I think I got more texts and tweets um, once Micah Kaiser went down, right, and we Mm -hmm. found out it was the torn peck. Uh, What about Mason Foster? You know, I mean, when there's... When there's a need, they'll call teams. There's there's always going to be enough people out there to fill rosters, good spots. And if you have a dearth of talent, they're going to be calling you, trying to get some of those guys. To your point about offensive stability a moment ago, it's no coincidence that this conversation so far in the roster decisions has been centered on the defensive side of the football and filling out largely the back end of your roster. Uh, Aaron Donald, obviously not in uniform, but was with us in Hawaii and actually joined us uh, in the second half of that broadcast uh, I know you want to comment on the shirt he was wearing and the jewelry he was wearing and what Dude, his biceps look like. When but, I close uh, my eyes and think, like, <laughs> he, he looks the way I think I look. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. <laughs> wow. Um, but we'll, we'll hear from him in, in just a second. But I kind of want to lead us to this, which is if the Rams have fortified their defense and have some great either you know late-round draft options or undrafted free agents that could make this roster, how far then can that go towards making them an elite defense? First, let's start with Aaron individually and what kind of season he expects for himself now being in training camp this time around. This season, this should be my best season yet, just because you know I'm here in camp this season. So you know, ain't no ain't no more coming coming back a little rusty. So we're gonna be in full go and in great condition, and, and then we got great coaches that's you know coaching us up and cleaning things up. So um, I'm excited about this season. We know that you can dominate individually. Can this defense dominate? Can they become a top five defense in the National Football League here in 2019? hundred percent. You know, I think we got all the players. Obviously, we got the coaches that, that put us in great position, but. You know, veteran presence that we brought with Clay, you know, and Weddle, them guys. So, um, you know, I'm excited to bring them along in, in this in, in this defense. And like I said, these guys have been doing it for a long time, having a lot of success. So things I can learn from, from them. So, um, you know, I feel like we're we, we in, in a position that, you know, be even better. What say you? I agree. Um, I think you do have a chance to be better. Um, you have to get that nose tackle spot solidified. And, I mean, between Gaines and Joseph uh, Joseph Day, I, I think between those two, you'll find a starter. Mm. Or you might be platooning every single series with those guys. I think they're coming along just great. But if you get that figured out, and I think, I think we know what the scheme is going to be, especially with how they're playing Taylor Rapp and what his ability could be. So 
Uh, but when I look at this depth chart and, you know, I get past Brockers, I get past uh, Sebastian Joseph Day, and then you go to Donald, Fowler Jr., and Matthews. I think that's going to be the tip of the spear. Those are going to be the guys that really create havoc, uh, that really, I guess, opens things up for the defense and opens things up for the secondary. So, yeah, I, I think they can be better uh, as long as everyone improves and takes a step forward. Uh, using words like better, I'm naturally inclined to look back on last year, and I'm still of two minds about the 2018 defense. On the one hand, the metric that I trust much most, DVOA, courtesy of Football Outsiders, had them as the 18th-ranked defense last season. Ninth against the pass, so a top-10 defense against the pass, despite losing Aqib to lead for a good chunk of the season. 27th against the run. Um, so that's both good enough to get you to the Super Bowl and statistically not good enough to stand pat. And, Funny. And, uh, <laughs> and that's despite having the defensive player of the year in the heart of that defense who had an all-time Hall of Fame caliber season. No doubt. Well, think about it. When Jared and Todd and the receivers were really rolling, right, It was it's, it's so familiar. When the greatest show on turf took off, you couldn't stop that. So the best way to beat us and beat this current team is to keep the defense on the field and drive them down the field and drain clock, right? Mm-hmm. Running the football effectively. Um, this is why I think you have a chance to be better because some of the guys up front are younger. They're hungrier. Um, I, they're less apt to ease into games versus go out and attack right away. Uh, that mentality that we used to always say, I wish the Rams defense would start the game the way they finish it because they always finish strong. If you finish, if you start that way, you have a chance to move up the the rankings, so to speak. So with a younger defense, with guys that are looking to Aaron, Aaron as for motivation, I think you really do have a chance to be better on defense than you were a year ago. That's a good way of framing it for the 2018 group. They were clutch. Yeah. They were at their best when their best was required, whether it's coming up with a sack or a tip or a pick. Uh, they weren't statistically consistently good enough to be elite. And this year, I think they could be both. I think they could be opportunistic. I think they could wreak havoc. I think they can create sacks, uh, tackles for loss, turnovers, but also be among the top five to ten defenses statistically, not that it matters across the entire NFL. Well, I think Fowler's going to get it, So, and I think uh, Aaron's always going to go get it, and Clay Matthews is going to get it, so those numbers are going to go up. I, I think the rotation of young guys that we just mentioned that are going to be either nose tackles or inside linebackers, I think they're going to be much improved and younger. So I, I think stat-wise, you're definitely going to be better there. And if you can – get teams in a position to where you can just rush the passer if the offense is scoring. We just mentioned the guys that are coming to get you. So I, I think you'll have a chance to be better stat-wise than you were a year ago. But last year's defense, once they figured out what was needed, they gave you exactly mm -hmm. that. Need a takeaway? You got it. Need a stop? You got that too. It just took a quarter and a half to get there. <laughs> it's To me, it's a wild blend of motivations. Really good yeah. good motivations, but you know, you can look at it individually, whether it's Clay Matthews or Eric Weddle, like trying to cement their legacies, go out on a high note at, at the tail ends of their career, maybe win a championship. Uh, other players, whether it's John Johnson or Corey Littleton or Marcus Peters or Dante Fowler, they're playing for generational money. I mean, they're playing for that next big contract that completely changes their lives and the lives of their children and grandchildren. Right. Um, so three guys. And, and that, I, yeah. know, I know that's not a, not a very uh, we, not me thing to say, but let's face it, like contract years matter in terms of performance and availability in this sport that we love. If you're a coach or coordinator, this is what you want. You yeah. want guys on the verge of generational money. It's all out there. And you think 
Cornerback is one. Marcus Peters is probably thinking that way. You'll get the best out of him. Not that he was taking a year off. Corey Littleton is thinking that way. And Dante Fowler is thinking that way. And Aaron Donald is thinking, like you said, championship. And all this is coming. He's playing Canton. Right. All this. He's playing every defensive tackle who's ever worn a helmet. And Eric Weddle needs what to be considered as a Hall of Fame guy? He needs a ring. Ring. So he's still here, right? So all this comes together in one season. Um, so when you ask and you ask Aaron and you ask me, can they be better? Absolutely. Look mm-hmm. at the motivations on this defense. <laughs> and think about coaching-wise, too. Tell me the Rams aren't lucky to have Aubrey Pleasant. Does he make guys better or what? Every single guy that comes through here as a corner gets better no matter what. So, yes, there's a lot of motivations mm-hmm. for this defense to be special this year. Yeah, and finish on their highest note, in, in some ways the great shame of the Super Bowl, aside from not winning and having that ring in-house already, is that, one of the great defensive performances of last season gets overshadowed in a losing effort. Um, All right, to wrap things up, uh, a couple of just peripheral things I want to get your thoughts on. Uh, Jimmy G or Kyler Murray, which fan base is having more buyer's remorse about their quarterback? In case you're not attuned to these stories, uh, Garoppolo threw five consecutive interceptions in practice before traveling to Denver, then posted a zero quarterback rating in his first game back since tearing his ACL. Preseason, understandable, um, but his first th- four throws were all touched by Broncos defenders. One was picked, another should have been picked and returned for a touchdown. As for Murray, he was brilliant in, in his first start against the Chargers, then struggled mightily against the Raiders, three for eight, 12 yards, sacked twice. If you were just an objective observer, who would you be more confident in going to this year as your quarterback, Jimmy G or Kyler Murray? Murray, I would. Um, the, the best athlete ever to be drafted number one when you think about it, drafted in the first round in baseball and football. So I think every team would have taken him, you know, at, at number one if you if you needed the quarterback that year. I think Jimmy G is – we're still trying to figure out exactly – You seem like you have serious doubts. I'm trying to figure out what he is. I mean, is he just someone's imagination run wild? You know, you, you saw something in him and you thought he's going to be the guy and you, you know, a little bit premature. That still could be out there. So I would say the 49ers. And beyond him, what's there? You know, that's what I mean. You really need him to play well for them to be good. You saw what happened to them when he got injured last season. I do think the offense is more complete around Garoppolo and and the fact that they have a proven play caller in this league as their head coach and their OC in San Francisco gives Garoppolo the advantage. Uh, Speaking of quarterbacks, we've got uh, Joe Flacco and the Broncos coming to the Coliseum. Uh, First of all, can't wait to see what the renovated Coliseum looks like. Hope many of you will join us there. Yeah, Uh, I saw the the picture of it. Wow, it looks great. Yeah. Yeah, I had somebody had to tell me is that the coliseum like wow that looks cool can't wait to see that we've been living off renderings for so long (laughs) now we can actually uh, go check out our our new digs uh at least for one more season before we see our real new digs. enjoy you know what i can't say this enough enjoy that enjoy that the rams in the coliseum this is it Mm -hmm. this is it there's a lot of history that goes through there so what one preseason game right seven regular season games okay so eight i would like to play 10 more games in that historic house. I One like preseason, that. seven regular season, two postseason. I love it. I'm with you. Let's play 10. Kind of I'm make right that like a you. rallying hashtag for this season. Anyway, about uh, Joe Flacco. I found this interesting uh, from Mike Freeman's column this week. Uh, the quarterbacks not named Peyton Manning, who have played for the Broncos under John Elway, one of the greatest of all time. They've combined for a record of 33 and 38. <laughs> How about this list? Tim Tebow. Trevor Simeon, Brock Osweiler, Case Keenum, Paxton Lynch, and Kyle Orton. 
That's it, a lot of money between that is. some of those names. Is that their, old Elway? Their bank accounts aren't hurting, but their win-loss <laughs> record is. Is that old John Elway? Those are his his guys. His guys. Under his leadership that have started behind center. Well, you know, that actually makes sense. I, I think if I was John Elway, I'd make sure that I'd be the only best quarterback <laughs> to come out of there. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I keep selecting the wrong guys. But I think Flacco looks good. If I'm if I'm being yeah. honest, and I'm not judging this solely based on what he did against the 49ers on Monday. By the way, a short week to go Monday home against SF to uh, at the Rams on Saturday. But we saw him in person last year. I mean, he he can still spin it. Yeah, Joe can beat you. Yeah, uh, you know, I don't. It, when you start talking about elite and elite and ranking quarterbacks, he may be mid pack or lower. But when you're facing him on Sunday, that guy's good enough to beat you. You know what I mean? If you don't get to him, Demarco just low key dropped Joe Flacco and elite in the same sentence. I know. I'm so glad to catch it. <laughs> I'm just saying. When you very start, subtle. The when you make debate lists, of the last ten years, <laughs> you put him. You know, is you, Joe Flacco? You elite. usually don't have him on the elite list, but on game day. You, you're concerned. I, I would go farther than that. I, I would say that he would be considered by most observers in like the bottom half, if not the bottom third of starting quarterbacks in the league going, going into this season. Fair enough. It just depends on who you have starting for you. And I'm not saying that's <laughs> an, an indictment on Joe necessarily, right. so much as I think the stability and, and the high level of achievement and then those playing deep into their careers and into their 40s creates the most accomplished, stable crop of quarterbacks that maybe this league has ever seen i'm with you and if eli manning and joe flacco are now champions in the bottom third of those rankings and the bottom tier however you want to slice it yeah that's pretty impressive in terms of where we're at at the quarterback no doubt flacco versus uh, rogers i'm taking rogers flacco versus brady i'm taking brady but if you're starting case keenum Mm. okay push (laughs) maybe the advantage is on the other side so that's what i mean depends on who you have keep making money case no doubt any any way and anywhere you can right absolutely any final thoughts at what what topics did we not get to Uh, on this edition of between the horns fun stuff um pull off you don't want to you know kill quarterbacks they they frown upon that troy reader but um his new name is ivan drago yeah (laughs) troy ivan drago reader if he dies he dies i love the way this guy plays another guy i wish that you can just keep for special teams I mean, he hustles all over the field. So a lot of guys, this is going to be a tough cut. Um, And there's more to come. There's another preseason. There's two left. So we'll see. And a lot of strange things can happen. But even though you lost, I thought you played better than a week ago. And that's what you need as far as preseason and getting ready for September, Mm -hmm. which is all that matters. Yeah, I mean, I don't want these roster decisions to get any easier. Certainly not because of injuries in terms of the, the position groups ahead of them. Yeah. Um, but I also want these guys to continue to show out, especially for the home audience. And I do hope that a good number of them end up on the Rams practice squad because inevitably those in that group of 10 are going to are going to contribute over the course of 16 games. Oh, I forgot. I wanted to mention this before we go. Um, I, I love the fact that uh, Jamil Demby's getting work and Edwards is getting work and Evans is getting work. Guys, you are going to depend on as far as depth. But there is a part of me that's wishing that it is Noteboom and Allen taking those beats because they did kind of get housed by Dallas's defensive line. They were mm-hmm. all over him. I wish that was Allen and Noteboom taking those. Those are valuable lessons. When you get hit with a what I quote unquote the Marinelli spin, every guy, everybody that coached that that's was been, a crazy yes, spin move. Everybody that's been coached by Rod Marinelli knows that move and does that move. And he hit Jamil Denby with that mm-hmm. and sent him flying. I wish that was Noteboom. Just to learn and see what that feels like so you can set against it the next time. Yeah, you know what I mean? I do. And and, yeah. and it, I think spinning it forward, you would like to see Miller and Chubb test the metal of that group, of that offensive line, exactly once, once or twice before it happens in Carolina for real. Just so you can feel it. And so you won't be surprised by it in September.
I, I just think you have to lean on the experience gained every day in practice against the Rams defensive front with the likes of Fowler and Donald. And then in the four preseason games that I count for that group, which would be against the Chargers and the Raiders respectively, both of whom have really talented pass rushers. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, you know, practicing against Aaron is it's great. It's what you want. But it can also be a false positive because not everyone's that good. And you're getting ready to play a guy that's not as good. And you might set like he is Aaron. And then he beats you on something lazy. You know what I mean? Interesting. Like a spin move. So I, I just, I wish you had a chance to line up against someone else's starter. So you can just get the rhythm of what they're going to try to do to you. That's that's all. That's just weird stuff. It won't be long before we're talking about Gerald McCoy and the upcoming defenses when it counts that that uh, rebuilt offensive line for the Rams will be facing early in the 2019 schedule. All right, DeMarco, thanks for uh, having me in for this edition of Between the Horns. Miles Simmons, wherever you are, wherever you might be listening, it's been an honor. Will we hear this music again? Uh, we'll talk about it. Maybe it died with miles <laughs> <laughs> a teaser that you'll have to tune in right. the next edition to find out have a great week everyone hope to see you at the coliseum broncos and rams this saturday